so we're doing the special song right after Graves in the Gardens. Whatever the third song is. Huh? Yes. No. Good morning, FCC. I said, good morning, FCC. Good morning. Awesome to see you here this beautiful Sunday morning. Would you please stand with us as we worship and look to the sun? Oh, we look to the sun.
chapter 1 verse 16 for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew and also to the Greek let's pray God thank you for loving us Uh, Lord thank you for this this body of believers that we can come together and worship Uh, thank you for the freedom that we have to loudly proclaim we love you Lord I ask you to uh, help us focus uh, put away our distractions God it's all about you thank you for loving us thank you for letting us know you Jesus I pray amen hey family uh, I've got it I got to make it a, a, a mission here. Um, I absolutely, positively hate the wind. I hate it. It makes me so cranky. I didn't sleep at all last night. My house was creaking, so I'm really in a bad mood. So, um, and, and worst news for you is I, I get really lonely really easily, and I don't want to go out in the, the wind, so I'm just going to stay here all day. So I hope you brought lunch. Good, good luck with that, you guys. We're going to be here for a while. Hey, um, it, it is our family worship. Uh, if, if you've got little ones and you want some crayon packs, they're, they're back there. Help yourself. Uh, otherwise, hey, if you take a moment, fill out your connection card, we'd appreciate it. If you're watching online, hey, we're glad you're with us. Uh, we, we'd love you to do the same thing. Otherwise, we came to praise God, so let's, let's do that.
also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. Thank you. 
Changes 
special music this morning. Um, this young gentleman has been working very hard. And um, for first, um, he wanted to play with the live band instead of a uh, CD track karaoke. So this is a first for, for all of us. Please welcome to the platform, Patrick Schofield. Thank you. 
And that was a beautiful song. Thanks, Patrick. Okay, we've got, we've got this one and one more week. We've been talking about uh, prioritizing the, the word in our lives. And so uh, as we're turning, yeah, we are. We're going to be in Psalms today, and we're turning there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a story. That when I was in college, um, we ha- actually had a lesson about this, prioritizing God's word in our lives, and, and my lesson was a little different. So my, my college professor, let me give you a quick background who this guy was. He was... He was probably, hands down, I, I think in my book, he was the greatest youth minister I've ever seen, ever. He was just, it was like watching a magnet get stuck beside metal. You know, wherever he went, people were just drawn to him. And, and after he transitioned out of youth ministry, I can say almost without a doubt, he was probably, probably in the top two uh, greatest speakers I've, I've ever heard in my entire life when it comes to scripture. In fact, my wife doesn't know this, but I wouldn't even gotten married if he didn't agree to do the wedding for us. So, whew, lucky for her, but... <laughs> Thank you, that was a little slow. Um, in fact, I, his wife made me dinner a couple times. It was, he was just this, just this incredible guy, but one time uh, during a youth ministry class, we were talking about the priority in, of God's Word and how important it is, and and in Illinois, I, I lived in this town over here, Lincoln. This is where I went to school and lived. And, and right up over here is a town called Bloomington Normal. That's where I'd work. And way over here on the east is this little tiny, little tiny area called Chrisman. And so I would do this triangle every week. I would just constantly driving all over the place different times. And so part of the lesson, he knew I was on the road all the time. And, and we were having a discussion about how important God's word is. And he said, you always keep the, God's word in your car. And I thought, man, that is, that is so, so deep because you just never know when you, you need God's word. He said, you always keep a Bible in your car. And I thought, amen to that, brother. He said, it's really important. I said, amen to that, brother. Because I thought he understood, see, my cars were broken and they always sped. So I didn't know how to stop speeding because they were defective. But he said, no. He said, no, that God's word's important. He said, because once you get pulled over, you stick God's word in the windshield. He said, because police don't want to give a minister a ticket on their way to church. And I thought, man, God's word is so, so important in our lives. It's a little different than what we're talking about today. Um, but man, that's always stuck with me, and it's, it's always made me smile every time I think about it. But we've got one more week talking about, about keeping God's word a priority. And today we're going to be in Psalms chapter 19. We're going to be in chapter 19, verse 7 through 11. We're going to read it three times, so keep your Bible open. Psalms chapter 19, verse 7 through 11. You there? All right, I'll read. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and more righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the cunning comb. 
Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them is great reward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys a spoiler here. Um, if you are, what's the nice way to, to call old? If you are a seasoned believer, that's what it is, seasoned. That's how you call someone old nicely. If you are a seasoned believer, I'm going to have a spoiler here, probably nothing I say is, is, is new. Uh, nothing I say is going to say, oh, wow, I never thought of that before. Everything here, if you've been in church for a while, this is normal stuff, so we can call it a review. But nothing I say from here in is really going to be a big surprise. Let's, let's call it a quick reminder. But when we look at these words and we talk about keeping God's word as a priority, the first and foremost reason I believe that we keep God's word a priority is because of the source. I believe that's the most important thing is the source. Let me, let me tell you a quick story. So way back in the day before uh, everything was digital and everything was on the phone and so quick to receive, I, I learned an important lesson. I learned it's unsafe to read while you're driving. So they had this new thing come out, and it was called audiobooks, and I, I found audiobooks, and there was this particular author that I found, and, and when I was working during the week, I was working in these great big warehouses, and it was me all by myself with the ladders and the equipment, and it was completely silent in there, so I found if you put an earbud in, and I had a little MP3 player, uh, then I can listen to these audiobooks, and it just made the time fly. It was so nice, and I, I found this one particular author, and I tried to scoop up all of the material I could possibly find. And it was so good, and I just kept listening to him. And sometimes I would listen to these books a couple times just because it was so relaxing. But then I, I did something really not very smart. Um, I started watching what this individual was saying in public and some of the statements he was saying. And, and I got really mad because the statements this person was making were completely 100% wrong compared to what I believe morally and ethically and, and just philosophically. And it really, it really hurt me thinking that my favorite author here, me and him, on the sides of morality and politics, we're just complete opposites. And it really, it started hurting me as I listened to these audiobooks. And then I did something really unintelligent. I, I kept paying attention to this individual in the news and they came out and said, I don't even remember writing half of the material I wrote because I was on mind-altering drugs. I thought, man, why did I have to look into him? He ruined it for me. All this material that I love so much, the, the more I, I learned about the source, the more I couldn't pay attention to what was going on. And it really hurt me. And the problem is, is when we prioritize God's word in our lives, what we're doing is we're actually getting closer to the source. And when I was getting closer to the source of the audio book, I found that me and this person, we're just not, we're not going to see eye to eye. And I, I couldn't, I just couldn't enjoy it anymore because of the things they were saying. But when we dive in God's word, it's not just simply about reading the Bible. It's, it's about getting closer to the author. So if you tune out and you listen to nothing else today, and this is the only thing you hear about prioritizing God's word in your life, why do we prioritize God's word in our life? First and foremost, and most important, is because we grow closer to the source. Nothing else matters after that, really. I mean, nothing I say here is anything different. So why is it such a priority about this? It's because every time we get into God's word, we're actually getting closer to God. Now, some of you are probably going to say something like, nah, I'm not really buying that. Or you'll think it's not that important. I'm going to disagree with you. I think many of you and us, me, us, whatever, I believe we do this subconsciously 
So if you're going to discount it and say, oh, it's not that important getting to know God through his word, I disagree because I believe we do this constantly. Why do we keep yearbooks? Why do we have a, a, a little box somewhere in our house with, with pictures? How many times have you known someone who's, who's got this weird little box and you open it up and there's these envelopes wrapped up and it's, it's nothing from them. It's, it's their parents or their great-grandparents or their parents, whatever it is, and it's these letters that they wrote to their spouse while they were overseas serving. We do that because as we, as we have their stuff and these pictures and these memories and these writings, why do we keep them? Because every time we look at it, we feel just a little bit closer to that individual. See, we're subconsciously drawing closer to the source. Now, we might say, oh, no, it's not that important, but we do it. Imagine this. How many times is it that a loved one passes away, we have to go into their house, and we have to start clearing their stuff out because they're just not with us anymore, and what do we do? We do the same thing almost every single person I know does. What they do is, as they're cleaning out, they'll go through a drawer, and they'll, they'll find simple things like a checkbook, and they'll open their checkbook up. And it's not that they're being nosy, they just want to know more about this person they, they just lost. And they'll go through and say, look at, look at where they, they spent this check. Look, they, they helped this organization. They helped this organization. Oh, look, I, I found when they wrote a check to their neighbor to help pay their rent. So we say it's not that important, but it is important. See, we do it all the time. We do it in the States all the time. We'll go through their stuff, and it's not that we're being nosy. We want to we get closer to that individual. So why is it important to read your Bible? First and foremost, it's because every time we crack open this Bible and we read, it's we're actually getting to know God better. We actually get to know God better every time we look at this passage because look at these words here. Check this out. Let's go back. Now let's summarize, starting in verse 7. The law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the, um, the rules of the Lord. See, every single thing over and over and over says the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Why? Because this is a representation of who God is. So as we read through these passages, it's not just some stories we read. What this is, is, is the very nature of God. It's, it's crystal clear, the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the rules of the Lord, all of that is here. And every time we, we jump into it, what we are is we're growing closer to the person that wrote this, the, the, the individual that did this. This is important. Let's read it one more time. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them is great reward. Brings us to the second point. Are you ready for this one? See, prioritizing the word why because it's everlasting. Oh, I'm going to say this nicely, but let me, let me, let me try to say it nicely. I think, I think human beings are very unusual. Maybe you can disagree with me. I, I think it seems that as humans, we are really good sometimes at wasting time. Would you agree? Maybe not everyone, but I, I think for the most part, 
we are really good at, at doing things that are just a complete waste of time. And I don't want to pick on anybody without picking on myself first. So I'll, I'll give the, probably the best example of wasting time. There was a, a phone game, and several of you might have actually played this game because it was awful. It was, it was a game of airplanes. And so you, you get an airport, and you send your planes in different directions, and when they come back, you get a little bit of money, and then you increase your airport it was really like the most pointless game I've ever seen in my entire life. And I played this most ridiculous game for, I don't know, three months before I realized this was a complete and utter waste of time. And I thought about it, and I thought, how many hours did I send my imaginary digital airplanes to a different airport to get some digital fake money? And I got so embarrassed, I uninstalled the game right that second because honestly, we we are really good at wasting time. We are really good at finding these really pointless things and we pursue them and it's absolutely, there's no value to it. And in my life, I, I look at this and it's talking about the fear of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the rules of the Lord. And I look at that and then I think to myself, if this is God's word, this is really God's word, Why don't we spend more time in it? And then I thought, man, life is so short, but we have something that's valuable, and instead of pursuing something valuable, we pursue something that's a waste of time. And I've been, I've been called names in my past. Uh, people sometimes tell me I'm rude because I'll, I'll see a young person, they're, they're dating somebody, and I'll, I'll ask the question because I'm allowed to, and I'll say, do you see yourself marrying them? And they'll say, oh, oh no, no, we're, I'm, we're definitely not ever going to get married. And then I say, why in the world are you wasting your time with them? Break up. One time, a long time ago, and it was, it was some uh, rough times in, in the marriage because of it, I had a, a student that would text me, no lie, four o'clock in the morning, he would send a message, canoe. Do you see that blank look you're, you're giving me right now? That's the same blank look I had at four o'clock in the morning. And I'd respond back, I'd say, canoe. And then he'd send back some other weird message, whatever he saw, door. And it would go on for an hour. And we did this for several days, and finally I messaged him, I'm like, I'm done. I'm brother, I can't do this anymore. There is no point in these messages. It is hurting my head, and my wife is killing me for you waking us up at four o'clock in the morning when my phone goes ding, ding, and it's some boy texting me the word canoe. So I had to finally cut him off. Why? Because it was a waste of time. Let me, let me ask you this, and don't answer out loud, but I'm, I think I'm right. See, I know each of us have something that we waste time with. I had guts enough to stand on stage and tell people I wasted countless hours sending airplanes to imaginary airports. Let me ask you this in your head. What do you do that is completely pointless and a waste of time? Answer that to yourself, and then let me ask you the second question. Do you spend more time doing that pointless activity than you do spending time in God's word? I know the answer. You don't even have to say it. I know the answer because I know the answer I had for myself. I probably spent more time sending airplanes to imaginary airports than I did in scripture some of those times. I know it. So what does this have to do with believers? It's, it's simple. Every second that we spend in scripture is everlasting. See, the word of God doesn't change based on the whim of society. 
it's always been super emotional for me, and if, if I was on some medicine that makes me really emotional, I'd probably get all weepy thinking about it. But it boggles my mind to think in that room back over there, in our kids' way, in our we worship room right now, there are oftentimes, especially when it involves the Old Testament, that we are sharing lessons with students and kids that are the same lessons and ideas that were presented hundreds of years ago to people that came to the temple to learn about God. It, that always makes me like super emotional thinking about that. Our word of God does not change. Every moment that we spend in God's word is not going to be a waste because this right here does not change. When I was in college, you know, if you've been in school, you know what happens. A professor will write a book. They'll tell the students, you need this book for my class. So the students go out, spend a ridiculous amount of money on this book. They get the book, they pass the class, and what do they do with the book? They sell it back to the bookstore, so the next semester, a student will go and say, yay, the book is half price. But we know what happens, a few years go by, and then pretty soon, the professor writes, same book, edition two. And everything's different. And then goes down, and pretty soon you have edition seven. And see, when I was in college, I would always get super angry, and I'd go, it's a scam. These professors are just lining their pockets. Oh, I used to get really, really vengeful about it. But then I came to find out it's not necessarily. Why? Because frequently the information that was in edition one of the book has been found to be irrelevant or wrong. So they made some adjustments. That's what happens. As people make discoveries, they change the writing to reflect it. And so I thought about that. So when we read these books, edition 7, edition 8, it's because the information changes. You know why this isn't edition 14? It hasn't changed. That's why when we're in these lessons in the back room back there with kids, we're teaching the same passages of Scripture that they taught hundreds of years ago. Now, it might be phrased a little different. We do have like the ESV and the NIV and the NLT. Now, we do have that, but God's word hasn't changed. What's really cool is I was thinking about 20 years ago, we had these kids doing Bible Bowl, and that's when the students get together and memorize scripture for a contest. And I thought that's really kind of cool thinking now that the, the passage they memorized 20 years ago is the same passages that we're preaching today. Every second that we are able to spend in God's word is not a waste. Why? Because God's word is everlasting. It doesn't change. It doesn't adapt with the times. There isn't an oopsie made in God's word where God said, I said it this way, but I changed my mind. Everything here that we talk about is everlasting. So when it talks about the law of the Lord, it doesn't change. The testimony of the Lord, it doesn't change. The precepts of the Lord, it doesn't change. The commandment of the Lord doesn't change. The fear of the Lord, it doesn't change. So all this stuff is important because it's everlasting. Right, let's, let's read it one more time and you can close your Bible. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is uh, sure, making wise is simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be, look at these words, most important things. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them, there is a great reward. It brings us to the third point. Why do we prioritize God's word in our life? It's because of the reward. Perhaps I'm naive. You can argue with me about this after service, but I, I've been thinking about this a lot. It seems like 
as we progress along in age, we do less things that we just simply don't want to do. For instance, when you have a child in the house, a young toddler, a young kid, whatever, and you say, child, you're going to eat your vegetables. The child says, no, I'm not. The parent says, yes, you are, and the parent wins. The parent says, you're going to go to bed at 8 o'clock, child. The kid says, I don't want to. The parent says, yes, you are. The parent wins. And then it seems like as we get older, things kind of change. So there used to be a bedtime for little kids, but as they get older, what do most parents do? They start taking that bedtime away and saying, hey, if you, you want to stay up, go ahead and stay up, but you need to be up on time. You have to do that. Or like the whole vegetables things. You know, you say, hey, you're going to eat your vegetables, and as the kid gets older, I have never in my life seen a parent that's, let's say, 40, and their parent is 70. They come to their parent's house for dinner, and the mom says, you have to eat your vegetables. You'll say, I'm a 40-year-old. I'm not eating my vegetables if I don't want to. It seems like as we progress in age, we get to the point that we just simply stop doing things unless we want to. Me? I'm not going to go to a movie I don't want to see. I don't want to go on a trip where I don't want to go. I don't want to eat what I don't want to eat. There was a, a man at a church. He always wanted me to come to his house and eat cabbage soup. And I said, brother, I love you. I am not eating your cabbage soup. Not now and probably not ever. Why? Because I just don't want to. I'm a married guy. So if my wife said, I want to go on a hike. I would say, that sounds awful. It's hot outside. My legs will hurt. I'm going to compromise to keep our marriage strong. You hike. I'll follow behind you on my four-wheeler. It all works. Why? Because I just don't want to do it. It's going to get someone mad. If a doctor wants me to take medicine, that doctor better do a really good job explaining the reward behind that medicine. Otherwise, I'm just not going to simply do it. And I look forward to that age because it seems like, it seems like everyone hits this golden age where everything, they just do what they want. Nine o'clock in the morning, I'm taking a nap. Three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to eat cake for dinner. They wake up one day and say, I'm done working. I'm not going there anymore. I'm going to hang out home. And I really look forward to those days where you don't have to do anything you don't want. Why? Because people have to ask themselves, what is the reward for what I'm doing? Probably one or two of you are sitting there thinking, and you're thinking to yourself, man, Jerry's kind of a jerk. That hurts my feelings. But let me do a quick test to, to prove my point, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I believe most people do not do what they don't want to do unless there is a reward. So let me ask you, let's, let's just hypothetically say I stand on stage, and I say, this Saturday at 11 o'clock, I want you to come to church, bring your shovel, bring a pickaxe, don't bring a hat, don't bring sunscreen, we're going to meet out in the parking lot in the middle of June when it's hot and sticky and nasty, and we're going to dig a great big hole. And you're going to say, Jerry, why are we digging this hole? Why not? And then after we're done digging said hole, we're going to shovel all that rock right back in. And, and not just any rock, we're talking Arizona rock, where the caliche is like eight feet thick, and it's going to break your back unless you have dynamite to get through it. And you're going to say, Jerry, why do you want us to do this? I'm going to say, why not? We'll dig a hole, then we'll put all the dirt back in it. And I'll bet you, I'll bet you, that Saturday morning comes, and it's only going to be my son and me out here in the sun. And it's not because my son is a nice guy. It's because he's secretly thinking, I'm going to hit my dad with rocks when no one's looking. Why? 
Because I believe frequently we simply don't do what we don't want to do unless we want to do it. That is where this, this point comes to. Why are these words found here? More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. You know what that reward is. You know what it is. There is, I don't even have to say it. When we talk about the reward for spending time in Scripture, what is the reward? You know. It's the opportunity to know God. See, I didn't say it's the opportunity for heaven. That's, that's not it. I don't know if that's the reward. I think the real reward of spending time in Scripture is getting to know God. And let me, let me clarify what we mean. When it talks about this reward, let me clarify what I mean by that. When I think Scripture means, see, I think most people, not most, a lot, a lot of people know God. I believe a lot of people know God. They say, yeah, I, I know God. God created this earth, I know. In the same way, I think there's a lot of people that know Jerry Barclow. I've spoken in a lot of places. I went to a lot of camps, went to a lot of youth events, went to a lot of schools. Uh, I went to a lot of college classes. I believe there's a lot of people who know Jerry Barclow. They just, or they know like the bad Jerry Barclow in high school when I was a jerk to everybody, the bad times. They know Jerry Barclow, but... I bet if you ask them about Jerry Barclow, what could they say? Oh, he likes Diet Mountain Dew. Oh, he's addicted to, to peanut butter. He doesn't like his hair touched. That's why he's mad at the wind. See, they know Jerry, but they don't know Jerry's hopes. They don't know Jerry's dreams. They don't know what, what Jerry's afraid of. They don't know what keeps Jerry up at night. They don't know his, his mood when he starts playing a certain artist on the radio that people that know Jerry, really know Jerry, say, uh-oh, I know what he's listening to. I know where he's at mentally. Or, hey, Jerry's having a rough day. This is how I know what will, what will make everything better. They don't know that, Jerry. My family knows Jerry. And it's not a bad thing. It's, it's, that's just life. We all have that. See, there are a lot of people who know God. They know who God is. They believe in God to their degree. But they don't know God. See, this right here, when you, you know God, you start to see God's hopes, and you start to see God's plans, and you start to see God's love, and you start to see God's goals. See, there's a big difference between knowing God and knowing God. Why do we prioritize God's word? Because that little passage right down here, just this, these few parts down here, more desired than gold, sweeter than honey, and keeping them as a great reward. What is that stuff they're talking about? That is only found when you study scripture. And it's found when you start to know God. When you start to know God and you start to see the goals and the plans and everything that was laid out, and it leads us right into Jesus Christ. What is that reward? It is the opportunity to know Jesus Christ. What is more desirable than God? or desirable than gold, Jesus. What is sweeter than honey? Jesus. What is the reward? Jesus. Why do we prioritize God's word? Because as we draw closer to God and start looking at these things, it is a, it is a, a magnet into Jesus. What's sweeter than honey? Jesus. So why do we prioritize God's life or God's word? It's simple. The more we spend here, the more we understand 
And we go from simply knowing God to really knowing God. And as our band comes up to lead us in a song of decision, if you do not know God like that, I'm going to say today is the day you should make that decision. Hey, if you're, you're watching online and you want to uh, make a decision for God, you want to follow Jesus, you want that reward, you want what's more valuable in gold and sweeter than honey, hey, message us at the church. Uh, let, us, let us work something out. Um, we'll take you back. We'll get baptized. It'll be amazing. Or maybe you're having a rough day. You want some prayers. Hey, come on up. We'll, we'll pray with you. Uh, no judgment. Hey, if you're online, you want some prayers. On that connection card that you're filling out is a little spot for those, connect, those prayers. If it's confidential, please mark it. Uh, if you are a baptized believer, you like First Christian Church as much as, as us, hey, come on down. We'll welcome you with open arms. Let's stand as we get ready to sing.
be seated. I've been wrestling with this, this question in my mind. So when we come here for, for communion, um, this is a, a very, it's very similar to what was, was broken down into scripture. Jesus had his, his believers there. He had the meal, discussed a few things and broke it and they ate and they, they passed it on. Now, I've always had this idea, what's it gonna be like in heaven? Well, I've always wanted to know that is is. Jesus going to give a devotion? Is he going to talk about it? Is he simply going to say, good job, you made it? Is he going to look at a few of us and say, yeah, you had a rough trip here, didn't you? I've always wanted to know. Uh, will it be a long, will it be a long, a long talk? Will, it, will we even be able to pay attention to what, what's being said, or will we simply be in awe of being in, in the presence of, of Jesus? I've always wanted to know what it's going to be like when we, we do this in heaven together with all the believers and, and everyone that, that finished their race and made it to the end and were there and were celebrating the life that was given by, by his blood. It's always something I've just always been toying with and maybe now you can obsess with it too because I want to know what it's going to be like when we, we all join together and we made it to the end and we are, we are there celebrating the life that he gave us. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for uh, caring about us. Most importantly, thank you for what was done on that cross. Thank you for taking my sin. Thank you for taking our sin. Thank you for offering us an ability to reduce that guilt that we carry and unload it because we are forgiven and loved by you. Thank you. Just I pray. Amen.
the inside of your bulletin, we have our announcements this morning. I'd like you to take note of those. There we go, I got it. And um, we have all of our activities going on today, our youth activities. So Roger's life groups meeting this evening. The elders and the preaching staff will get together for our self-care at 3 o'clock today. Jules will have her LOL group. We have all of our studies on Wednesday. Medical team training on Saturday. You also will see uh, information about uh, a shredathon. Also, Operation Christmas Child is looking for some items. <clears throat> and one thing of note, too, is we have a new texting service here at church. You probably got a text about a week ago Friday. We ask that you let those texts go through because we're going to use that whenever we have to get something out quick or as a quick reminder. So you won't be getting 500 text messages from the church. Uh, you may get two or three a month maximum, maybe not even that many. But when we have weekend activities, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I didn't know it was today. Well, you're going to know because we'll send you a message on it if you're involved in it. So anyway, we appreciate that. That way you can get information. Also, a narrow path. Uh, Andrew and I went scouting for that yesterday. We're going to do a very easy path this time <clears throat> along the Mexican border. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm hoping it rains a little bit because then it'll be <laughs> muddy. If anybody saw the videos I posted yesterday, Big Rig got dirty, and I like that. But anyway, you won't have to pack a lunch for this one because we are going to go to Patagonia and go to the Velvet Elvis for lunch. And then for those who need to get back quickly, you can take the highway and come home or we're going to go back the way we came. So this is a very easy path. It'll be pretty fast paced. So if you're somebody who's going to drive 10 miles an hour, you're going to get left behind. But anyway, it's very easy. So please sign up for that. We've got a sign up sheet in the foyer. Also online and on our uh, church website, you'll see on the calendar, there's a sign up for that. Um, the other thing is this week, and we're going to, I'm going to be showing a video from uh, TCMI. That's one of the missions we support. During the month of February and the first week of March, we do our Faith Promise Rally. This is where we take pledges to, for people to give above and beyond what they do to our missions program. And if, if you have not done that yet and you would like to, there's cards in the foyer on the, um, on the guest services table. As of, this, as of uh, this week, we have had 32 pledges for almost $34,000. So that'll go out to the missions that you have listed in your bulletin. So at this time, I want to show you a message from a TCMI, one of the missions that we support. Hey guys, this is Tom Sears with TCM International Institute, and I just wanted to pass on our great appreciation for your church's partnership um, for so long now, and I wanted to give you a quick update with what's going on with TCM. First, as I'm sure you know, our ministry has been deeply involved with the um, refugee relief from the war in Ukraine. When the war broke out, we had over 200 students in Ukraine and over 200 in Russia as well, as well as every year taking our ministry training courses to several cities in both of those nations. So as you can imagine, it really changed our ministry in that part of the world. Um, but we've been able through our regional representatives to do a variety of different short-term and now turning into more long-term relief work in Ukraine and around the surrounding areas. Uh, last week, I actually had an opportunity to travel into southern Ukraine, and it's just incredible to see, one, the devastation that's happening. We crossed a land border, and we, would, we went past miles and miles of semi-trucks that were stopped and trying to get across the border because 
there's no other way right now. They have one port and everything else must go in or out through these land borders. And so a lot of things are really taxing those communities. So would you please continue to pray? Um, the other incredible thing is on the uh, hopeful side is that the church really is raising up and being a light. I saw it firsthand two Ukrainian pastors in a, this local city that has doubled in size from internally displaced refugees. They have been welcoming individuals into their homes, into their church, and now through a cool connection, they converted an entire old Soviet retreat center into a refugee safe haven for those to come and to rest, get over their shell shock, and then they even give them a job within that center to help repair it and run it for other refugees, giving them purpose and hope. And then they help establish um, more permanent housing for these refugees elsewhere. Just an incredible things that are going on there right now. Please continue to pray uh, for, for Ukraine. Also want to share outside of that area of the world, TCM's actively expanded and something that your church has helped specifically in has been our new students and our new mentoring center in Nairobi, Kenya. Let me tell you, that has just exploded over the past three years. It's now our largest mentoring center outside of House Edelweiss, where we have over 70 men and women who are involved in a variety of different churches and ministries and nonprofit organizations, all Kenyans, who are going through our ministry training program who are learning how to practically meet the needs of the people in their communities and those around them. It's just been going so, so well. And I'll tell you just about one student in particular. Her name is Jane. Jane grew up in an extremely poor community and somehow she was able to bring herself out of that impoverished life. She went to school, was educated as a teacher, and then she now works for Missions of Hope International where she is a teacher to um, unprivileged children like herself growing up, helping bring them an education. And she is now a TCM student, being equipped to do that more effectively and to bring the gospel message to these communities. And furthermore, she is now has moved to Liberia, totally on the other side of Africa, for this organization to open up new schools in these other communities. And she is being a leader in that area and she is helping TCM expand in Liberia too because this organization from the beginning they said we've seen what a great impact TCM has made with all of our um, staff members and other church pastors who have gone through this program we want you guys to go with us to Liberia so that's what we're doing through your help through your support through all of your prayers God's making this all possible thank you guys so much and continue praying So that's one of the missions that we support. Uh, this past year, we sent TCMI upwards of $20,000 to help them with the work that they do. We were able to send them a little bit extra for some of the things that they've been facing. So if you'd like to participate in that, we give you the opportunity. Uh, that is all the announcements at this time uh, in your bulletin. You'll notice we have a lot of prayer concerns. We have a praise, of course, for the generosity of the congregation for our faith promise. And you can see a lot of announcements we have for various things that are going on. We ask that you take that home. You can tear that off your bulletin and put it where you need to at the house and that you lift these prayers up. So at this time, let's stand together. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and the band will play us a song to lead us out this morning.
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the word that's been proclaimed to us today. And I pray, Lord, that we take it to heart and that we incorporate it in our lives. And Lord, that we just find a lot of joy and peace in reading your word. Lord, I pray that as we live life this week, we live it to the fullest for you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.